0: Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, as Canadians prepare to cast their ballots, Justin Trudeau argues a conservative government won't help the middle class. The
1: only three things in his platform were cuts, cuts, cuts. Shame on him. Oh,
0: oh, wait, wait, that's not entirely fair, because there were a few tax breaks for the wealthiest in there, too. You know, you can always count on conservatives for that. Andrew Shear says Canadians have two vastly different choices today. A choice between an NDP liberal coalition that will run massive deficits, make life less affordable, more expensive, leave less money in your pocket, or a conservative government that will lower taxes, get back to balanced budgets, and help make life more affordable. And Jugmeet Singh says he feels overwhelmed and honored. By all the incredible outpouring of
1: support I feel honoured that we've been able to run a campaign that is for people at the heart of it. When people have asked me lots of questions about this campaign, I think this campaign has really been about people.
0: It's Monday, October the 21st, Election Day. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by author and op-ed columnist for The Chronicle Herald, Dan Legere. Good morning, Dan. Hi, Mark. Obviously, as we head into Election Day, it is close uh i don't think there's any other way to put it the polls show the liberals and the conservatives neck and neck and uh and some polls show them uh tied some show them within a percentage point of each other one with the conservatives in the lead another with the liberals in the lead what do you make of all of that
1: well this is the closest election that i can recall uh in a long long time um you know, maybe the closest election in my experience. I don't know. I mean, the polls certainly are suggesting that. And as we know, polls have been wrong, uh, from time to time in the past. Uh, but where they all seem to be so similar, the numbers and the method, methodologies, um, are different. You know, the techniques and methodologies are different, but the numbers seem to come out pretty much the same. So, um, if that's the case, then it is a matter of the ground game and, and getting the vote out and, and getting people to the polls for all the parties. And, um, you know, I think it's going to be a, a really a long night that's going to be decided in BC by the end of it.
0: And it was interesting to see that all of the federal party leaders uh, spent time in British Columbia yesterday. So obviously they see that as a key battleground.
1: Yeah, and it seems to be, you know, matters are up in the air. And the interesting thing about uh, B.C., uh, at least from what the polls are suggesting, is that it's, uh, you know, that's where the NDP is really strong. And uh, so, I, you know, the the rise and surge on the NDP side of things and Jagmeet Singh's uh, rampant sort of sudden popularity uh, has really changed the nature of this uh, this whole election, um, and the conservatives and the liberals evidently are uh, are literally neck and neck within the margin of error on almost every poll. Uh, but again, that will be a matter of vote efficiency. You know, as, as we've we've talked about this in the past, but with the conservative vote so concentrated, you know, in Alberta, Saskatchewan, to some degree in Manitoba. Um, that's not going to yield the number of seats that are potentially available in Quebec and Ontario where the Liberals are doing so well. Uh,
0: what, what has brought us here, Dan? Uh, what, what has got us to the point of an election that is so close and where neither of the two major parties that have governed this country since Confederation are running away with this one or at least opening up some space uh, with uh, between them and the other Parties. Uh, I don't think we've ever had it uh, in the history of Canada an election where there isn't a party that uh, has at least thirty five percent of the popular vote, and we might end up there after tonight's results.
1: Yeah, and you know, there's a lot of potential difficulties from that. Obviously, I mean, if you have a government, uh, you know, trying to manage the country with only a low thirties in popular support. Uh, in the election, that's going to make it much more difficult for that government to manage things um, effectively and and with popular uh, support for whatever measures it's trying to bring in. Um, you know, and the and the, the other thing too is it's almost like a none of the above option would probably be the most popular box on the ballot if you could tick it. Certainly, in in the case of uh, uh, Justin Trudeau and Andrew Scheer, I don't uh, they you know, they guys have really underwhelmed um i mean trudeau may have done enough to uh, save the furniture after uh, his disastrous you know blackface revelations and all that sort of thing and some of his other pratfalls that he's you know he's become famous for but then andrew Shear is really not won the day i mean uh, you know in, in some ways it was there for the taking um but uh Scheer himself has just not risen to the occasion. People still don't seem to understand what he's all about. He has a hard time explaining that. You know, is is he a social conservative or not? Uh you know, we he could talk about fiscal conservative till the cows conservatism till the cows come home, but they uh it's not that simple in Canadian uh Political calculations. Uh, so you know, voters are looking beyond that, and and they really don't like what they see from from all appearances.
0: Yeah, and that would explain, I, I guess, along with the strong performance by both the party leaders, uh, why the NDP and the Bloc Québécois have risen over the course of this campaign, as the Conservatives and the Liberals have plateaued.
1: Yeah, I see the two things as being slightly different, perhaps because you know, in Quebec, uh, Quebec voters have a long history. Going back decades now of parking votes with a you know a nominally uh, sovereignist or nationalistic type party, um, and it's a safe place for them to park their votes um, and remain above above the fray. You know, of course, the unpredictable part is what the BQ does uh, if it does get some seats and some influence in a hung parliament or in a minority parliament. Um, You know, in the NDP, I don't think it's so much a a parking situation, but people have turned to the NDP in the past when they're frustrated with the Liberals and Conservatives. Uh, 2011 would be a good example of that, uh, when the uh, Jack Layton NDP did so well. Um, But, you know, this is um, a different type of dynamic, I think. Uh, Let's face it, Quebec politics is always different from the rest of the country. There's always two elections going on. One in Quebec and one in the rest of Canada. And uh, we'll have to wait a few more hours to see how that's going to uh, affect the overall situation in in the House.
0: What's at stake in this election, Dan? Uh, Is this, as the parties suggest, a choice between two very different scenarios or is it is it grayer than that?
1: Well, it's always gray in Canadian politics, I think, Mark. I think that's fair to say. I mean, that's why you have somebody like Max Bernier seem so stark because what he's saying is really the parties are saying. Uh, you know, he Bernier, uh, which was, uh, obviously had no impact or very little impact on this election, but at least he's made these points that the liberals and conservatives uh, sound different but act quite similarly uh, when they're in power. So, um, you know, this is and the other thing that's hanging over all of this, too, Mark, is, is the United States. I mean, our, our biggest ally, trading partner, and diplomatic partner has become uh, utterly unpredictable and untrustworthy. So any government uh, that gets in after today is going to still have to negotiate those muddy, muddy waters. Uh, that exist in the most vital part of our economic and uh, diplomatic and political situation. So, um, And there's been no discussion of foreign affairs, free trade, or anything like that in this election campaign. And, uh, and I think that's the other you know, characterizing element of this particular campaign, is that no one ever got around to talking about the issues, and instead spo- spent most of the time on personalities, which is uh, not really helpful.
0: Let's talk about what happens after the election today. Obviously, if one party wins a majority, the the course is pretty clear from here, but that doesn't appear very likely right now. If it is a minority parliament situation, uh, I think the first step is we watch what Justin Trudeau says tonight, whether he intends to continue to govern, even if... If, if there is a scenario perhaps where he doesn't win as and the liberals don't win as many seats as the conservatives um i i guess the first step is to watch what trudeau says tonight
1: yeah and you know we saw in new brunswick where the liberal leader there uh when they they came out on the short end of it and tried to form a government and weren't able to uh but they were given the opportunity to try and i think that's what Likely will happen in Canada or, in, or federally if Trudeau uh, is the sitting prime minister, he's the legal prime minister of the country, and it's it's not at all clear the way Andrew Shear suggests that you know simply whoever gets the most seats is the first dibs on forming government. That's not the case, um, and you know the unfortunate thing is I think Mark on some levels is that people are voting in their own minds. They're they're totally cool with having a, a minority government. They want some added checks and balances over uh, whoever is running the country but what ends, ends up happening really ends up happening is when there's a minority then you have all this backroom horse trading between the various parties none of which is transparent to voters or canadians all of which is taking place between these power elites in the various parties behind closed doors and uh you know, we may have gone and exercised our democratic ballot and and elected uh, a minority government, but then subject ourselves to all kinds of anti-democratic backroom politics, uh, potentially for very extended periods until there's another election which clears the, the air and the dust. So uh, this, this could be the start of a long period of uh, political uncertainty in this country.
0: And if there is a minority parliament situation after tonight, obviously, uh, that doesn't mean necessarily there's going to be some kind of coalition, but there will have to be discussions that take place on how to move forward and and who might support whom in that minority parliament. So we'll be seeing that playing out, presumably, over the days ahead.
1: Absolutely. And it's all going to come down to the numbers. And... uh, You know, we've had a couple of extremely close elections in the past few years in Canada. B.C., for instance, and New Brunswick are the two that come to mind. Um, So it is possible to virtually tie. And then, like I say, then becomes backroom politics and horse trading among the parties, and um, most of which we stand on the sidelines and and just watch. And then only when the next election comes up do we pass judgment on it. But... um, You know, it it, it certainly leaves a lot of imponderables. Uh, uh, But again, there's so much uncertainty now, Mark. It's hard to conduct national policy in Canada when the United States is all over the map and you don't know what they're going to do from one day to the next. So, uh, you know, the next government is really going to have to pay total attention, if possible, to domestic Canadian affairs. Um, while watching all the time uh, a little bit south to see how that is going to affect uh, what they're trying to do here. And and the options can be quite limited, uh, even economically.
0: All right, Dan, we will see what happens tonight and in the days ahead. Thank you so much for joining us on Election Day. Have a great day. All right. Talk to you later, Mark. That's Dan Legere, author and op-ed columnist for The Chronicle Herald. We don't make comments on uh, vendors that we may or may not have engaged with. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In the National Post, Chris Selly argues, Andrew Shear's silence on whether the Conservatives hired a consulting firm to dig up dirt on the People's Party of Canada is either suspicious or baffling. Selly writes, Undecided voters may see a would-be prime minister failing to answer yes or no questions for no discernible reason failing even to explain why he won't answer. The other option is that there's something very, very nasty waiting to be unearthed in this alleged business relationship. Either way, it was not a good day for the Conservatives. In the Globe and Mail, John Ibbotson argues the election campaign has revealed a deeply fractured country. Ibbotson writes, Quebecers reject English Canada's multicultural consensus. The West is angry and estranged from the centre. And younger, more progressive voters resent the baby boomers' entitlements. Neither the Liberals nor the Conservatives appear able to win over more than a third of Canadians. Which party is more likely to unite us and which to divide? That's something to keep in mind when you vote. In the Toronto Star, Susan Delacourt argues, we can protect our democracy by casting a ballot. Delacourt writes, as many as one-third of the eligible voters in this country may choose not to vote if long-term trends hold. We keep being told that turnout may be an issue because the whole thing has felt so nasty and pointless. There is a point, though, in taking the time to vote. Hackers and trolls want to wreak havoc on the system because our democracy is only as strong as its weakest links. Complacency is a weak link. Now here's what's coming up. On election day, each of the party leaders will be in their respective ridings to vote and then wait for the results of the election. CPAC will have coverage throughout the day today, beginning at 10 o'clock Eastern Time, and then the results will start to come in at 7 p.m. Eastern Time when the polls close in Newfoundland and Labrador. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Monday, October the 21st. We'll be back tomorrow morning to talk about the results of Canada's 43rd general election. Have a great day.